Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Heated Exchange. My name is Austin Geller, along with my co-host and one of my best friends, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, happy July 4th. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Austin. Happy to be back for another episode of another season of the Heated Exchange. And for everyone who's listening to this episode, you'll notice it's out a, a few days later than you probably expected. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, or in other words, um, members of the crew forgetting about podcast recording dates but uh it's, it's all good we're excited to have another great we have a, we have a great show planned and i know austin's a little taken back by that comment there but hey hey i'm so i was celebrating my country this weekend okay and a time that we really need to celebrate the country actually not really because the country is a mess right now <laughs> but i'm trying to show pride for my country so you know take it easy there big guy take it easy yeah, no, I had to get it. I was waiting to get that out there for, for a while now, so I just wanted mm-hmm. to get that off my chest. But oh, you're so sweet. Austin, so you want to dive in what we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. So first, Jet, uh, we're going to dive into your stat of the day that we're going to start doing probably every week now, uh, just to make it interesting to start. And then we're going to get into our home fantasy league, the Dirty Diaz, and we're going to be discussing who in our league has the best keepers heading into this season, who's also going to be in the best position to start the season based off of those keepers. And then finally, we're going to get into our few players that we're going to be talking about uh, for the upcoming draft and how we think they're going to do this year. And we will get into that later. But for right now, Jet, if you want to start us off with our stat of the day, the floor is yours. Absolutely. So the, the focus on today's stat of the day is on the quarterback position and what I, what I like to do is kind of evaluate from year to year how many quarterbacks, whether, you know, you're drafted within a certain range, finish in that same range the next year, or you're finishing one range one year, and then you fall out of it the next year. So I just kind of like to track certain trends that I see across rankings from year to year. And there's something that I found with from 2021 and now looking ahead to 2022. So in, in 2021, six quarterbacks – who were drafted outside of the top 25 ended up finishing in the top 25. Those guys included Taylor Heineke, who was drafted as the 41st quarterback finished 19th. Jimmy Garoppolo drafted 35th finished 17th. Teddy Bridgewater drafted 32nd finished 23rd. Jared Goff finished um, 24th after getting drafted 31st. Derek Carr, who was drafted 28th finished 13th and Carson Wentz, was drafted 27th and finished 14th. So on average from year to year, we see five quarterbacks who are who fit this criteria from year to year. Obviously in 2021, we saw one more than what we normally see. But nevertheless, the question I have now for you, Austin, is taking a look at the quarterbacks that currently sit outside of the top 25 for this year, how many, if any, do you think could potentially crack the 20 top 25 this year? So based off the list I'm seeing on fantasy pros, that's typically what I'll use uh, for these sorts of rankings. Um, I see actually a few names that I believe have a very good chance of finishing the top 25. So the first name I see, this is assuming he plays is Deshaun Watson. Assuming he plays, even if he suspended six games, I think he's still good enough where he can crack the top 25. And we've seen what he could do in Houston, even last year without Hopkins, with, you know, uh, Cooks and who was it again? Um, who was it on the Dolphins? What's his name? Who, who, played, who played a game last year? Oh. What's his name? Yeah. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. May, whose name completely uh, escapes me at the moment. But the point is, Watson was incredible in 20, what, 22? 19 was it 2020, 2020 was it 2020. 2020 yeah he was incredible so we know what he can do now he's on a brown team frankly i think he has a little more talent than that houston team so he's a guy i'm seeing another guy i'm seeing which is the one guy i want to hit on davis mills mm. i think davis mills showed a lot of promise last year now at the beginning of the year he was a little shaky but also houston was just god awful but we saw the last five games of the year last year the final stretch and that's a big stretch for quarterback, for especially young quarterback, because you have to see them enter the offseason with some momentum. Davis Mills in the last five games threw for nine touchdowns, only two picks. That's encouraging. 
And this offseason, they definitely uh, helped him in the receiver department. They drafted John Mechie. They got Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks is back. They even got guys like Marlon Mack in the backfield, who's a great pass catcher. Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, who, by the way, who's a guy to look out for this year. I think you can see Davis Mills have a big year for sure. Doesn't mean the Texans are going to do well, but Davis Mills very well could. Yeah, my the number one guy that I was thinking of there was Davis Mills. I, I think, you know, it's not going to take a lot for him to finish in the top 25, considering he's already the 28th quarterback off the board. But even with that being said, I think going to year two when, you know, the Texans maybe have established a little more trust with him and Davis Mills can establish a better chemistry with Nico Collins and um, Brandon Cooks. And, and the rest of those the receivers on that team. A couple other names that I'll, you know, I'll just throw out here as to who I could think could see possibly finish within the top 25. Desmond Ritter, I think he's going to get a, a shot to play probably earlier than we anticipate. And Marcus Merritt, who's 29th, who's also outside the top 25. But I think the Falcons want to see what they have with Desmond Ritter, especially with the upcoming quarterback class is a lot better. So if Desmond Ritter doesn't work out, they're going to look to, you know, figure out that quarterback position once again next year. So if Desmond Ritter's able to play a good portion of the season, he should have no problem finishing in the top 25. And we see about one or two rookie quarterbacks able to crack the top 25 from year to year. If, I, if I'm looking at another possibility, I mean, you touched on like the two big ones. I, I think maybe someone like Mitchell Trubisky, just because he adds some some stuff with his legs. And, you know, we, we know Russian quarterbacks set, set themselves apart from the traditional passing quarterbacks. And Mitch Trubisky's going as the number 30 quarterback right now. Wouldn't take a lot for him to finish within the top 25. Will he be able to? I mean, that that's that's the question we all we all are gonna have to answer. In his, you know, seasons with the Bears, his best finish was 15th, and that was in 2018. And then he had a 26, a 27, and a 28th quarterback finish. So he's only finished within the top 25 once, which you know, obviously that that doesn't bode well for him, but the top 25 for him's not gonna take a lot. And I think with some of the other quarterbacks above him, I think it's definitely possible. I see your point on that. I'm just, I'm not a believer in Trubisky. Uh, and even that one year in Chicago, we finished 15th. The defense carried that year. I mean, it, it was literally the defense just giving him the ball back. And Pittsburgh's defense is good, but that's, it's not that good like that Chicago team. But one more quarterback I want to hit on quickly, who's right now, who did finish in the top 25 last year, as you pointed out, but he's still being drafted outside of it, Jared Goff. Yeah. I think Jared Goff is going to be a lot better this year. They drafted Jameson Williams, who is a stud of a receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown coming off his rookie season. I believe he'll take that big step forward. They're getting DeAndre Swift back. They have TJ Hawkinson. And I love Dan Campbell. I love what he does. Even though it didn't translate to wins, you saw they could just finish games a little better. You'll see six, seven, maybe even eight wins at most, especially – that NFC North division's up for grabs at this point with Adams out of Green Bay. I think Jared Goff can definitely make a case now to maybe even finish in the top 20. Well, okay, so what about – what about yeah, I like Jared Goff, but what about on the flip side of that? Because obviously if there's quarterbacks outside of the top 25 that end up finishing within the top 25, just looking at the guys within the top 25, who could you see falling outside the top 25? Right now, a few names I see. One, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I see him struggling this year. Um, again, no AJ Brown. I don't care. Like I, I understand they picked up Robert Woods and you know they drafted that rookie, but again, I I don't see it for Tannehill to be honest with you. Like losing AJ Brown, it's a killer. He is a stud and he attracts a lot of attention. He gets open. Like I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to have that kind of year. Another guy I see struggling this year, Trevor Lawrence. I understand they they got a couple receivers, you know, Christian Kirk's one of them. But I mean, if we're being honest here, Jacksonville doesn't have any true receiver. Like they, I think they're still going to struggle. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be all that good, to be honest with you. And frankly, another guy, this is a hot take, Trey Lance. Wow. Trey, listen, we saw you know this whole offseason, we've been I've been waiting for Garoppolo to get traded. Now. My theory is that they haven't traded Garoppolo 
because Trey Lance has not proven that he could be a good quarterback for that team. I, and I believe they want him to be one so they could trade Garoppolo. But because Trey Lance has not proven he can be a reliable option, I think they're hanging on to Jimmy until the very last second. So I think you could see Trey Lance either struggling or just getting benched. So, so, so you think Trey Lance will finish because because outside the top 25, I mean, that you're saying basically that he either one, he doesn't play a full season because he gets benched or two, he's just terrible. Is, is terrible. that terrible? I I mean, he didn't he didn't show that much last year when he played. He couldn't make any accurate throws. He was too, he was too, you know, run happy. I, that's a hot take. That's a very hot take. It's a, very, it's a bold prediction. But I don't Trey Lance could very well not play this year. I just I do not see that at all, especially considering he he has all that rushing upside, and for him to finish outside the top twenty five, um, a lot of things are going to have to not go his way. And and the only reason I see him not finishing within the top twenty five is, is if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on that team and plays plays in be. the majority. Which I think he will be. I don't think they're going to trade Garoppolo. I think they're going to keep him because they know Jimmy actually gives them their best chance to win. More than Trey Lance does. But again, that's a bold, that's a bold take. I'm aware of that. So yeah. that's why I'm, I'll acknowledge it. Yeah. And but I, I just want to talk about your, the Trevor Lawrence thing as well. I, I actually like him this year. I, I don't believe he's going to finish outside the top 25. I think what he had to deal with last year is not a, a true indication of what his career is going to be like. He had to deal with Urban Meyer, who was probably one of the worst one year NFL tenures as a coach. In, in history and ever also i mean that's that's with a system that just wasn't fitting what he's able to do and they didn't have weapons now they have a little bit better of a, a cast around him now now that travis Etienne is going to be back you you added um some other names as well but i, I think it's going to be an interesting to see with with all the this all these quarterbacks from last year's rookie class especially with some of the struggles we saw with them i like trevor Lawrence just because he one he has that prospect pedigree we know what he's capable of doing and we saw that obviously the small sample size but in, in the last game he showed plenty of flashes against a very good indianapolis colts team and maybe that's a sign of things to come i think trevor lawrence finishes within the top 25 if i had to pick a guy that could fall out of the top 25 i i just do not believe in Daniel Jones at all. I know they they upgraded their whole offense around him. I just think that we're going to see Tyrod Taylor a lot sooner than a lot of people think. Again, look, you know I'm a Giants, diehard Giants fan, but this is another topic for another day. I do have optimism for Daniel Jones because of who they've recruited around him, even in the coach in, in the coaching staff. But that's another topic for another day. But again, I was I understand what you're saying about Trevor Lawrence. Last year was just wipe that out. Just get rid of yeah. that last year. That was that was horrible. Yeah, I, I've never seen such a dysfunctional team. And maybe you can, maybe the Raiders are the only team that you can think of because of what they dealt with. But right. again, Trevor Lawrence, we know what he can do. We've seen, seen it. You know, when he was at school, we know what he can do. I just don't know if they have the talent around him to give him that. Yeah. Oh, but. No, I, I totally, totally hear where you're coming from. I think, I mean, we'll have to see obviously what happens with all those quarterbacks because history does tell us that on average five will finish inside the top 25. So if it's more or less than that or right around that, we'll have to see. But only time will tell on that. Only time will tell. All right. Oh, by the way, by yeah, the way, go ahead. Will, Fu- will Fuller. Oh, yeah. Will I, Fuller. He was just, he was just so, so irrelevant last so year. So irrelevant was, last year. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Will Fuller. Oh, God. Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry yeah. to deal with them. No, no, it's okay. Um, so let's let's get into our home league, the Dirty Diaz, as we talked about last year and last episode. And going forward, I think we're just gonna, you know, bring up one thing about the league every week. And obviously, once we get into the season, we'll have a lot more stuff to talk about. But you know, we're leading up to the draft right now, which don't have a date yet, but we, we hope to have one soon. It's in about a, it's in about a month. About a month. In, in about a month, yeah. It, it, it'll definitely be w- within a month. And like we mentioned last episode, this is a super flex keeper league. And before this season, you had the option of keeping up to three keepers. Now we, we trim that down to two just to kind of, you know, expand the player pool a little when, when teams are drafting. So yeah. um, the keepers aren't locked in yet. The keepers will be officially be locked in a week before the draft, which obviously is, is to be determined yet. 
But what Austin and I are going to do is we're going to talk about the team we feel has the best set of keepers and the team we feel has the worst set of keepers. And we'll also touch on our own keepers. But before we do that, I just want to run through everyone's teams and tell you what we think are going to be the projected keepers for this season. So first, Aiden Brodsky, we're projecting him to keep Patrick Mahomes for a second round pick and Justin Jefferson for an eighth round pick. Noah Sarmon, Kyler Murray for a second round pick and J.K. Dobbins for a sixth round pick. Alex Kirshner, C.D. Lamb for a ninth round pick and Joe Burrow for a 12th round pick. Alex Straetta, Antonio Gibson for a seventh round pick and Justin Herbert for a 15th round pick. Sean Curvers, Javante Williams for a fifth round pick and Tom Brady for an 18th round pick. Myself, Jamar Chase for a fourth round pick and Jalen Hurts for a 15th round pick. Lucas Lima, Jonathan Taylor for a second round pick and Lamar Jackson for a fourth round pick. Max Forstott, Stefan Diggs for a fifth round pick and Josh Allen for a seventh round pick. Our very own Austin Geller. Let's see, is his is a scattered all around the draft board here. Dak Prescott for a sixth round pick and Tom Brady. Oh, not Tom Brady. That's the wrong column. And Jalen Waddle for a tenth round pick, and then Josh Joshua Alpern Cooper Cup for a third round pick, and Matthew Stafford for an eighteenth round pick. So Austin, uh, why don't, why don't you first talk about your own team? Gladly. So last year, you know. You got to do what you got to do to win. I kind of went all in once again, took home my second consecutive chip. Unfortunately, uh, I'm down a third, a fourth, and a fifth round pick. So because of that, uh, I felt it was best to at least keep now Dak Prescott, who has finished in the top 10 every year since he's been in the league besides 2020, where he had that major injury. So he has been Mr. Consistent every year. He's been elite every year especially in a super flex league now where the quarterback position, the value goes up. I think it was best to keep Dak. In addition, Jalen Waddle, very excited for this year, even with the Dolphins, you know, again, we know how to feel about Tua, but I think it'll be great in that system. He has a rapport with Waddle, uh, excuse me, a rapport with Tua. Keeping him for a 10th round pick, pretty damn good considering his ADP is a lot higher than that. Um, I think he's a PPR monster. So in terms of my keepers, I'm pretty happy. Where I'm at with that. Obviously, my draft capital isn't where I like it to be, but unfortunately, I'm paying the price now for winning it all last year. Yeah. And then for me, like I mentioned, I'm keeping Jamar Chase and Jalen Hurts. Can't really complain about that at all. Obviously, before the Superflex implementation of this league, I was planning on keeping Jamar Chase and Michael Pittman, but not too mad at all that I'm able to secure my quarterback one in Jalen Hurts, who I believe if if he wasn't being kept, he would probably go at the end of the first, beginning of the second, if, if not towards the end of the second. So I'm happy to take him for what is an extreme value, being being that I'm able to take him in the 15th round after our good friend Lucas Lima drafted him in the 16th round last year, but decided to drop him, hence why he hasn't won yet. But um, for my other keeper, Jamar Chase, I was very happy that he fell into my lap in the fifth round last year and in a draft where I had very little draft capital last year, I wanted to just find one rookie to take and just take a stab on him. Obviously I didn't expect him to have the year that he did in his rookie season. So I'm more than happy because the, the sky's the limit for Jamar Chase in the rest of his career. And not, I'll not only have him for this year, but I'll have him for the following season as well. So really happy with my set of keepers. So now Austin, Let's start off with your, your favorite set of keepers. Who are you going with? Max Forstott. Okay. Keeping Josh Allen for a seventh and Diggs for a fifth. Let's break this down very quickly. Josh Allen's ADP in a super flex league is an ADP of two. The number two overall pick, the first quarterback off the board, according to the fantasy pros. He was a number one overall quarterback in 2020 and 2021. Now you get Stefan Diggs, who is being kept for a fifth. He has an ADP of 21, the wide receiver five off the board. He finished as a wide receiver three and seven in 2020 and 2021, respectively. These two are probably as good as you can get in fantasy football in terms of quarterback, receiver, 
Maybe it was Rodgers Adams before the whole trade happened or Mahomes Hill, but these two are as consistent as you can be. Not only that, but Max also has great draft capital. He has every pick besides a fourth and a 10th. And I mean, having a fourth, you know, obviously you can get some good guys there, but he's fine. Otherwise not having a 10th round pick. All right. It's rare that you'll find a gem in a 10th round, but considering he has the best overall quarterback in the league, a top five fantasy player in the league and Josh Allen and Diggs, I, I think he's in such a good position this year. Yeah. I, I thought about picking Max and it was really close for me, but I decided to go with Aiden Brodsky. And, and the reason being the deciding factor for me was Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs. And, and I'll take Justin Jefferson over him, especially if I'm able to get him oh, three yeah. rounds later based on where he's getting kept. And obviously, you know, Aiden's keeping Mahomes for a second round pick, but it's the last pick in the second round, which is pick number 20. So and, and Mahomes is right behind Josh Allen as, as the second quarterback, possibly third to go off the board. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right about that. However, I think because the gap between Allen's keeper value and Mahomes' keeper value compared to the talent level between Diggs and Jefferson, I think the Allen and Mahomes value is greater, if that makes sense. You're keeping, keeping Allen for a seventh, it's much more valuable than the talent level between Diggs and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard because either way, both, both either guys way. are getting value in, in both of these selections. And obviously you're getting more value with the Josh Allen pick than the Patrick Mahomes pick. And you're getting more value with the Justin Jefferson and the Stefan Diggs pick. And I get what you're saying that the, the um, it's, it's not as big, the, the margin, but between um Diggs and Jefferson as it is between Allen and Mahomes, but ne nevertheless, Aiden also has an additional third round pick. Max doesn't have any additional round picks until the no. sixth round, I believe. So he does. If, if we're taking the, the full picture in, into account here, I, I think Aiden is definitely set up, you know, to have a lot of success, not only in the draft, but in, in the season as well, what he will do with that success. Probably not very much just based on his history <laughs> in this league, but I mean, I, I released a, a pre pre preseason way too early power rankings when, when our season got concluded and Aiden was at the very top just because he was initially supposed to keep Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson. And That's now true. with, with the super flex, he's keeping Patrick Mahomes and he's set up nicely. Cause, cause considering he also has the number one pick in the draft, which there's, there's been a lot of uh, rumors on the rumor mill that he's he's planning on going with Najee Harris there, but that that's for another story for another day when we'll we'll definitely analyze the, the first round of this draft. So, anything else to add about Max or Aiden here? I mean, honestly, Aiden was actually my other choice I was considering because I did love the Mahomes Jefferson do, especially keeping Jefferson for such a low round pick considering his ADP. Um, what's he being kept for again? Remind me. Um, if you have if you have it on here, who was it? Who was the question again? I'm just looking. Where was Justin? Where's Justin Jefferson? Oh, so it's it's the it's the last pick in the eighth round. So right. you're yeah. keeping you're keeping a guy who, by the way, his ADP I believe is like sixth. Um, for super flex leagues, uh, you're keeping him for an, in the eighth round. I mean, that's why Aiden yeah. had my attention. But overall, I believe Max gets the better value with Allen and Diggs. Allen being the great the, the greatest asset in the game right now. Okay. So now on the other side of things, who has the worst set of keepers and just an entire picture overall? So this was hard for me to do, but I was actually deciding between myself and Noah, but I ended up going up with Noah. And here's why. So first off, he's keeping Kyler Murray, but he's keeping him for a second. Now Murray's actually worth a fourth, but no does not have a fourth and he doesn't even have a third Kyler Murray's ADP this year is 19 QB5 off the board he was number seven in 2019 he finished second in 2020 respectively so Kyler Murray obviously is Kyler Murray but here's where he loses me J.K. Dobbins is most likely to be the other pick in my in my J.K. Dobbins his ADP heading into the season is 70 the 23rd running back taken off the board his, he's played what, two seasons so far, or he's really only played one. Yeah. And his one season, he finished as RB24. He was injured last season. His character stolen by Lamar Jackson anyway. So Dobbins is at best an RB2. 
And if you're keeping someone who's at best a number two with their position, that's a red flag. Not to mention now, Noah will not have a number two, even though it's being used for Kyler. No three, no four, no five. His six is being used for Dobbins. No seven, no eight. Like No nine. No, no nine. Like Noah went all in last year to win it. He got himself DeAndre Swift. I think he got Joe Mixon. Like he went all in. He got himself Derrick Henry. He went all in. Yeah. And it did not work out for him. And now he's going to suffer the consequences. And with me, I was, you know, I was considering picking myself, but I at least have more draft capital than him. And I think my keepers are better than his overall. So, I mean, Noah right now, he is just, I, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I really don't know what he's going to do. I don't know that. I don't think there's anything he can do. As uh, so you saw with Kirsch last year. Yeah, I was just going to say, this situation right. resembles a lot what, what Kirsch right. had to deal with last year. But the difference is, Noah at least has a first round pick, which is good. He at least has a first round pick, but after that, he has no pick till what the tenth round. Yeah. Well, like, well, here's the thing: if if Noah's listening right now, which is probably not, um, I, I I'm suggesting you know he he potentially trades down or trades out of the first round just to get some more picks within the second and third round because you're gonna have you know potentially someone like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, but. He could also have several good players between rounds two and four. So if if he decides to tune in after I send this to him, um, I, I think that would be a good idea for him. Honestly, Jet, I don't know what can save him. Even if he trades down uh, from the first round, I don't know what can save him. He may just have to chalk this up as an L this year, and hopefully I win again so I can make him do his punishment. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, I know I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed making people do their punishments. I'm well, good. you don't decide. I mean, you left it up to the group for some reason. Okay. But uh, but anyway, I, I I don't see how you could even consider yourself on the discussion for the worst set of keepers. I I think for me, it's it's between Sean and Noah. But the difference really? is the difference is 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 Noah doesn't have the capital. That Sean Sean has three yes. third round picks. Three, three fourth round fourth picks, round picks yeah two fifth round picks i mean he, he had this capital last year just the problem was he didn't do much with it if he can no. you know figure out a way to do a little more research and you know find some guys that he likes and you know execute these picks he's yeah. he's going to be set up very very nicely he can't know and that's and that, by the way sean i was between sean and noah as well but by the way Brady's a first off, he's a he's a he's a great keeper. I mean, he's still gonna finish in the top 10 this year. Yeah. Still loaded offensively uh with that team. So Brady's gonna be a great quarterback. And Jonathan Williams, he's gonna thrive this year. He's right. gonna be fantastic. He'll be a top 10 running back. Yeah. I mean, I think Sean set up and he has the best draft capital out of anybody. So this yeah. is a no-brainer. This was a yeah. no-brainer. I mean, Noah, Noah's clearly the worst team coming into the draft. Obviously, we'll see what he does in the draft. Maybe he tries to get some deals in, in the draft before the draft. Again, probably not. But, yeah, no, Noah's set up the worst, and that's what happens. You, you pay the price to go all in. You, you suffer the consequences the year after. Obviously, some of us have dealt with this to a certain degree. Obviously, this is, this is an extreme, I think. Good learning lesson for for anyone in this league. Probably not the best strategy. Even if you win, you're you're, you're totally you're totally for you know lost cause the, the following season. But I did go with Noah Kyler Murray in the second round when he's probably gonna would have gone in the second round anyways. Really, no value if any there. No, and no then value. J.K. Dobbins. He's probably going a few rounds earlier, but there's so many questions around coming off of an ACL injury. He might not even be ready for the preseason because this right. is the, the J.K. Dobbins injury. It's not just a regular ACL injury. It's a it's a compound ACL injury. So it's the ACL, right. MCL. Like it, it's going to be a while for him to fully get healthy. And you mentioned Lamar Jackson. He's still going to steal some of those touches as well. So it, it, it's definitely Noah. I mean, you can argue that he shouldn't even keep Kyler Murray and just go with the one keeper and J.K. Dobbins. I get that he wants to keep, you know, one quarterback and secure that guy, especially with the lack of capital that he has. But Noah is in for a rough season for sure. Yeah. So fortunately, I don't see myself coming in last after going all in last year. So I'm pretty much safe. So that makes me happy. But now that we've gotten that out of the way, and we will touch up on the Dirty Diaz uh, every so often. Let's get into our players that we want to discuss for the upcoming draft. And the first guy that I want to touch up on is Russell Wilson. Jet, Russell yeah. Wilson, 
you know, we've seen him on the Seahawks for years now. He's a Super Bowl champion, showing that he's a top, top quarterback every single year. Now with that big trade to the Denver Broncos, Jet, give me your thoughts, your analysis, your reactions. What do you think the 2022 season will look like for Russell Wilson? Yeah, so obviously we knew that there was a chance Russell Wilson was going to be on the move. Obviously, a lot of the reports thought that maybe Aaron Rodgers was going to end up in Denver, and obviously that didn't happen. But now with Russell Wilson in Denver, he is in a a very good situation to succeed. I mean, he's... His receiving core is downgrading when you're looking at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. However, um, I, I expect much of the same from Russell Wilson, what we've seen from him throughout his whole career. He goes on a stretch where he's very inconsistent and is not really a fantasy relevant quarterback. And then he has a stretch of his stretch of the season where he's just on fire, torching every secondary that comes in his path and rolling out of pockets, making throws on the run. And he's going to do that this year. I think where he's going right now is the quarterback 10 off the board is very reasonable. I, I think that is, is pretty, pretty good. I think for the Broncos at a whole, obviously they've gotten a lot better. There's still some questions with their offensive line, which with Russell Wilson, that's been a question for him his whole entire career. But I mean, Russell Wilson's also aging a little bit. He's not, you know, he's not in the prime of his career anymore. I believe, oh. correct me if I'm wrong, is he's in his uh, low, you know, low 30s right now. And he has he definitely has a few good seasons left. I think fantasy production quarterbacks are able to see that production, you know, lengthen out over, over the course of a season. So I, I think Russell Wilson's going to be just fine, but, but more so like where he's going as a low-end QB1. All right. I can... I understand that. And again, I really can't argue uh, with your logic here. That's how I see it, though. Last year, Russell Wilson finished as the quarterback 16, threw for 3,100 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions in just 14 games. From 2017 to 2020, he never finished outside of the top 10. He was the number one overall quarterback in 2017. That was the stack Seattle offense. And that was an offense that really had a lot of talent. They had no defense, so they, he had to throw the ball every game and to keep him in it. This Broncos team, though, it's going to be different. First off, like you said, they don't have as much talent as the Seahawks. Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, and Melvin Gordon, so you can't, can't forget. Maybe Jerry Judy. We'll see what, if he's even playing this year. I don't know if he is yet. And they have a top defense. Russell Wilson will lead this team to the postseason, Right. I think he will because they are a team that's going to run the ball down your throats and they're going to control the clock, right? I don't think Russ is in a position where he's going to be able to have an explosive year. I know he's being drafted as a QB 10, I believe you said. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he'll finish in the top 10. He is a top 10 talent still, but I believe with Russ's age and the type of team he's on, I think they're going to try to preserve him as much as they can. They're still going to try to pound it down your throat with, you know, with the run game. Russ will make the necessary plays to win them the game, but I don't think he'll be able to cook as we've seen him do on Seattle. Like I said, like to run the ball, nowhere near the receiving talent like he had in Seattle. Do I believe Russell Wilson will be more efficient? Yes, I think he'll have more touchdowns, less picks, but I don't think he'll have the yards, which is why I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be an elite quarterback anymore yeah. just because of the situation he's in. Yeah, he, he's no longer that flashy upside no. player that he once was, especially with no. the, the weapon, the talent in the, in the receiving core uh, decreasing a little bit. But let's talk more about this receiving core because obviously they're, they're all their stock has risen because when you're going from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, your mm-hmm. stock's going to rise, and, and rightfully so. And just looking at where these guys are going in drafts right now, currently, uh, according to Fantasy Pro's, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton's going 20th, Jerry Judy's going 24th, and then uh, guys like Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, those guys are going a little bit farther down the board, Tim Patrick's going at 60, and then KJ Hamler is going, I believe, at 90. So just looking at you know where those guys are going, talk about what you think the impact of Russell Wilson on Jerry Judy and the rest of this receiving cast and then how you think they're going to perform this season. 
Well, like you said, I mean, having Russell Wilson, you're automatic. I think you're automatically going to have a better season just because you actually have a real quarterback throwing you the ball. But I mean, if we're being honest here, I mean, like, I don't see Corlin Sutton being that great this year only because they have a run game. And I think on a team with a great run game, I think Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy, I think they're both going to equal each other out. I don't think anyone's going to dominate the ball, um, especially with how good Javante Williams is. Look, Cortland Sutton is a talent. We all know that. Last year he had a down year because of the quarterback play, the horrific quarterback play. So I, I would say Cortland Sutton at, at 20 actually makes the most sense. I don't see him finishing better than top 15 whatsoever. Jerry Judy, again, special talent. I don't see him, I don't see him finishing inside the top 20. So I actually like their ADPs um, in regards to receivers. I'm happy. I honestly, I, I'm not even arguing with that. I think it's actually very appropriate for Judy and Sutton. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Cortland Sutton a little bit because we, we've seen flashes from him in, in the years past, but it just hasn't had the quarterback to elevate him to a top 15 wide right. receiver. And now he has Russell Wilson, which is going to be the best quarterback in his career. And I think of you know all the wide receivers on this team, Cortland Sutton definitely has the most upside. The number one wide receiver on the team could potentially play that DK Metcalf role on the outside and become a, a favorite of of Russell Wilson. I, I think where Cortland Sutton is going, I think potentially he finishes a few ticks higher than that, just on what Russell Wilson has been able to produce as far as um, the wide receivers over the course of his career. And I, I get that, you know, this is, this is a new Russell Wilson. He's, he was older out of his prime and, and it's a new era for him. But as far as like Jerry Judy, I'm, I'm totally out on him this year. I, I think that potentially guys like Tim Patrick and even KJ Hamler could have better seasons than him just because that one, we don't even know if Jerry Judy is going to well, play. And yeah. if he does, how many games Two, um, Jerry Jude was targeted very little, like, you know, as far as getting valuable, you know, receptions within the red zone. And he didn't have many touchdowns, if any, if I, if I remember correctly. But I, I think potentially Tim Patrick, who had a very good season with a very bad quarterback last year, I think someone like him is going to reap the most rewards from Russell Wilson. And one of these guys is going to have to step into that Tyler Lockett type role. And we know Russell Wilson loves throwing a Tyler Lockett and, and one of those guys can fit that bill. And I think that'll be Jerry Judy. I think that'll be Judy. That's why I think it's appropriate putting him at 24. Um, he'll have, by the way, I think we'll have his big games. I think we'll have his big 25 point games. You know, we'll have 150 something yards, two touchdowns. Like I'll have like two of those games for the year, probably break off a couple of 70 yarders just because it's Russell Wilson and he can do that. But and back to Cortland Sutton for a second. You have him finishing a little higher than 20. I'm just looking at right now the, ran the rankings. I don't see him finishing above guys like Jalen Waddle, who's at 15. I mean, you have Jalen Waddle, Pittman, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown. He's not finishing above them. The only guys I could see him finishing above, really, that are a little ahead of him, D.K. Metcalf, maybe, could again look who his quarterback is. And I would even say maybe Terry McLaurin, maybe. But even then, I like Wentz to steer on that team. I think Rivera's going to do well with him. I think it's appropriate for Sutton. The only guy is DK Metcalf, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, and I, DK Metcalf is definitely one of those names that I, I think he will finish over. Um, possibly someone like Brandon Cooks as well. I know Brandon Cooks is very consistent every year. Also mm -hmm. someone even like DJ Moore, who still has his questions as well. I, I think there are, there are options for him to finish all, all over. And I just think that there's too much upside in, in that offense now for a, for not to have one receiver above wide receiver 20 and they're going to still have to pass the ball a lot. I mean, they're, they're not they going to be able to, you know, run the ball 25 plus games a, even though they have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, which is one of the best RB duos in the league, that, that's just not going to be the case because, one, their offensive line is still, like I said, a big question mark, and they may have, you know, they're not going to, you know, be leading every game. I don't think either of us expect them to, you know, run no. the table in the AFC this year, but they're still no. definitely in, in the playoff race for sure. But I, I think for me, in order of who I like the most out of these receivers, regardless of where their ADP is, is one, Cortland Sutton, two, Tim Patrick, three, Jerry Judy, and then four, KJ Hamler. I would have to 
agree about I agree the Corlin Sutton thing. I think Jerry Judy is going to be very good this year, at least better than uh, Tim Patrick. But again, it would not shock me if Patrick stepped up this year as Bronc the Broncos' number two wide receiver. It would not surprise me. Fair enough. All right, let's get to uh, another quarterback that was on the move this offseason. The Indianapolis Colts obviously sent Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, and now they brought in Matt Ryan, former Atlanta Falcon, probably, you know, on, on the last chapter chapter or chapters of his career, bringing him probably. in for the Indianapolis Colts in a need that needed to be filled at the quarterback position. It seems like this team is potentially a quarterback away. They now have their guy surrounded by Jonathan Taylor, surrounded by Michael Pittman, some young guys like Alec Pierce and um, Jelani Woods at tight end as well. And then they have that solid defense as well. What were your initial thoughts from a fantasy perspective on Matt Ryan coming to the Indianapolis Colts? So from a fantasy perspective, I think I wasn't like super excited about it from an NFL perspective. I think he's exactly what they need. But look, last year, Matt Ryan finished as a QB 20, 3,900 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, 17 games played, played a, played a full season. He hasn't cracked the top 10 since 2018. That year, he was a number two overall quarterback. And, you know, the past, he's flirted with 10, 11, 12, 13, flirted with those numbers. But look, Atlanta, unfortunately, has done him dirty. The departure of Julio, injuries to guys like Devontae Freeman, terrible O-line, non-existent defense. Last year, he had the trouble with Ridley. Like, last time Matt Ryan had a strong season was in 2018. They had the six overall offense, number four in passing yards, number 10 points scored. He had the duo of Coleman and Freeman at RB. They had Julio and Ridley at wide receiver. Like, they were stacked. But, you know, the Colts this year, they are are in a stacked offense. They don't have a juggernaut. Jonathan Taylor is great. Michael Pittman's very good. But besides them, I don't see them really having anything big from Matt Ryan. It's kind of similar to the Russell Wilson role. Like, great run game, you know, great line in in regards to the run game, tough defense, but not very explosive on the outside. So I don't think Matt Ryan will finish in the top 10. I think he'll lead them definitely to the postseason for sure. I think they're going to win the division. But it's a run-heavy team. They're the number 12 overall offensive line in 2021. Should improve this year. Last year, they were number 26 in passing yards per game. No, by the way, Wentz did not play bad. He, he finished as a QB 14 fantasy. Just not very explosive. He had 3,500 yards, you know, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Not bad. He just couldn't make those plays to finish games off. He couldn't make those, like, you're third and five. You're up by one. You're on your own 40. You need it for it to win the game. He couldn't do that. Matt Ryan will. Right. But again, I don't think it'll translate to big fantasy football numbers. So yeah. I think it'll be a solid – you want to start my quarterback? Solid quarterback. I'll have his big weeks, but nothing. Don't expect any explosive games out of him. Yeah, for, from a fantasy perspective, it's a very boring option. I think yeah. there's more value to be found in, in the other options in, in this Indianapolis Colts offense because I think all, all of those guys' stock has risen. Um, especially Michael Pittman, who I, I love this year. And, and in a season where he had a, a very good year with Carson Wentz as a quarterback, and that, that's with Carson Wentz missing some very doable throws that he could just not get to Michael Pittman. I think, like you said, Matt Ryan is able to make some of the throws that Carson Wentz was not able to make. So I, I, I love Michael Pittman potentially finishing as a wide receiver one this year. He's going to help him out a lot. And obviously this team is going to be a run first team revolving around Jonathan Taylor. Will he, you know, replicate what he did last year? History says that he probably won't, but he'll still have a good year. And, you know, I, I think we see some guys potentially emerge within the, the, the big story is who's there going to be their number two wide receiver. And they drafted Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. They still have like Paris him. Campbell. Who's I like been, him. I like Alec Pierce. Yeah. I think, I think again, again, I think they're going to be good. I think the offensive numbers will go up. I think Matt Ryan will have a better finish this year than Carson Wentz did last year. But like you said, it's a boring pick. Not, you know, I don't think will be anything special. Won't finish in the top 10. Maybe he'll finish in the top 13, 12. But, like, he's not a top 10 talent, especially for fantasy. Yes, so I I talked about Michael Pittman. He's going as the number 14 wide receiver. Where do you think he finishes this year with the addition of Matt Ryan? 
with the addition of Matt Ryan, you know, Michael Pittman, I'm looking at the guys above him. I can see him finishing in the t- – I can see him finishing at 11 this year. Um, the guys I see above him right now, Deontay Johnson, who, again, he was great with Big Ben because they had such a good report, and he was good for a little slant routes, crawl routes. Big Ben can actually throw those. But, you know, A.J. Brown, and we'll get into him next, um, he can be very hit or miss this season, very hit or miss. And, you know, again, I think Pittman can move up maybe a couple spots um, uh, in front of guys like A.J. Brown and guys like DeAndre Johnson. But other than that, I think it's very respectable. I mean, I don't see him finishing below guys like Waddle, Moore, Cooks, McLaurin. Like, I don't see him finishing below guys like that. Yeah. I, I believe, be- yeah, I believe Pittman's going to finish as a wide receiver one this year, especially with 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 the amount of targets he received last year, and and not all of those targets were quality targets. I think right, um, that target share is is sustainable once again this year, and he's going to have a hell of a season. But another another thing I want to talk about is obviously the Colts at tight end that they, they no longer have Jack Doyle because he has retired. And their best tight end, according to Fantasy Pros' ADP, is Mo Alley-Cox going off the board at number 33. And, and over the course of Matt Ryan's career, he's produced, he's you know, sustained some really good tight ends. Austin Hooper, Kyle Pitts last year, Tony Gonzalez in, in the beginning of Matt Ryan's career. So I, I think it's pretty interesting to see that Mo Alley-Cox, who is going to be the starting tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, is so low. I, I think if if you're the type of person that is looking to draft a late rate, late round tight end, I think that is a very good option considering he's going to be used heavily in the red zone, heavily towards the goal line, a big body that is going to have a, a nice season. We've seen flashes from him in the past. I think going up number 33 among tight ends, I think that is going to be an extreme value pick. And I think Matt Ryan would talk about how he's going to elevate the performances of these other guys. I think he's going to elevate Mo Cox. What do you think? I would have to agree with that 100%. I mean, look, we saw in Atlanta, I mean, they have such an explosive offense in terms of receivers. I mean, at one point, you know, they had Julio, they had Ridley, you know, they had Russell Gage. Like, they they had, they had so many good receivers that you would see a lot of time. Even though Hooper had a great year one year, the fact is predominantly in Matt Ryan's career, I feel like he hasn't really produced many great tight ends uh, for fantasy uh, consistently. But this year, considering it's Pittman – and then this, you know, the second guy is kind of up for grabs. I do like Mo Ali Cox to have a big year in the red zone. I think it'll be Ryan's safety, uh, safety net there. So I think he definitely could be a big value pick this year. And I would highly recommend keeping him on your radar. So I would have to agree with you, Chet. I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying that. Anything else you want to uh, touch on on Matt Ryan here? I think we covered it. He's, he's boring. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> boring. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to draft him, I, I would suggest have another quarterback with more upside along yeah. with him. Like if you want to, you know, spend an upside pick on Trey Lance a little bit earlier and then back that up with Matt Ryan in case the Trey Lance experiment doesn't work out. Oh, yeah. That that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Oh, yeah. But let's let's move on to a more exciting player yeah. in the city of brotherly love, even though there's not much love there because they, they throw stuff at Santa Claus. Um, A.J. Brown. Uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason, actually during the draft, I believe he got traded. Um, yeah. or right during the draft, big time trade. We've you know we've seen what he could do in Tennessee. Jet, what do we think for AJ Brown in 2022? Where do we see him? I'm not a fan, and I know I know a lot of people are, and a lot a lot of people are are calling this you know what the Stefan Diggs move was to Josh Allen. They're saying this is the AJ Brown move for Jalen Hurts, and don't get me wrong, AJ Brown is definitely going to help out Jalen Hurts, and then that's why, like me, and I think a lot of people out there are very high on Jalen Hurts this year because bringing in AJ Brown had that true number one wide receiver. No offense to Devontae Smith, he profiles more as a, a wide receiver too. But now when you have AJ Brown. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard at tight end, the and then Miles Sanders at running back. You have a nice group of offensive weapons at Jalen Hurts' disposal. However, the problem that I have with A.J. Brown currently going off the, uh, the board as the wide receiver 11, I think that's a little too high just because this team is still going to run the ball a lot. And not only with Miles Sanders, they're going to use Boston Scott. They're going to use Kenneth Gainwell. And Jalen Hurts is going to have his carries as well. 
not to mention, I mean, Jalen Hurts is still going to have to use Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I just don't think there's enough volume to go around for A.J. Brown. I don't think he sees nearly as much volume as he did with Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill as their number one target. And there's no doubt about it. A.J. Brown is one of the most talented wide receivers in the game and is going to help out this Philadelphia Eagles offense a ton. But I, I just... I just don't think this is a great landing spot for him. Okay. Here's the deal, chat. So, A.J. Brown, we know what he can do. We know the talent he brings to the table. 2021 last year, he only played 13 games. He has, you know, finished as the 32nd wide receiver. He 63 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. You can kind of throw that away. His best season, though, when he played a full season was in 2020. Finished as a 12th overall receiver. He had 70 catches for 1,075 yards, 11 touchdowns. However, we saw last year with the Eagles, 2021, the Eagles were the number one rushing team, 2,700 rushing yards. They were number two in attempts with 550. And can you guess who was number one? Tennessee wow. with 551. Last year also, the Eagles ranked 29th in passing yards, 29th. And they ranked dead last and pass attempts. Now, the, clearly, they're a predominantly run-heavy team. But here's the interesting part, right? In 2022, the Eagles went out and they traded for A.J. Brown. They must have traded for him for a reason, I'm assuming, right? A, the lack of a passing game, it hurts you, right? You, a, a strong run game only gets you so far, as we've seen with the Titans. Um, obviously, having the best run game in the league, it's not going to win you playoff games. Eventually, you need your quarterback to make a throw. Even with Eagles last year, the run game got them to the postseason and they got destroyed by Tampa because they couldn't make a throw. Right. Right. Now, A.J. Brown is a pure talent. We know that. Jalen Hurts, though, has never played with a true wide receiver one. Sorry, Devonta Smith, but you're just not a wide receiver one. Maybe you will be. Now, A.J. Brown has also never eclipsed 1,100 yards. So here's the big question. Is Jalen Hurts, has he not been a great quarterback in terms of accuracy because he's actually not accurate or is it because he hasn't played with a true wide receiver one? I don't know the answer to that yet. Here's what I expect for A.J. Brown this year. I think his targets are will increase. He had 106 in 2020 for the full season. I think his targets will increase because they're going to have to give him the ball. I think he has major upside. He could finish in the top 10. He could. I'm not saying he will. But – if it was me drafting, I would be cautious. I'd draft him as late as, a, you know, late third or early fourth. It's an ADP of 26. He's going as a wide receiver 11, um, according to Fancy Pros. Again, Hurts is not shown to be super accurate. So, again, is it because he hasn't had a true wide receiver one or is it because he's actually not an accurate quarterback? I would take precaution. I wouldn't risk Brown too early, but – Again, the potential's there. He's we know how good he is. Yeah. But again, I don't believe in I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And like you said, they also are a predominant run team. But maybe that's because they haven't had much to throw to. Yeah. So there's, it's, there's, just, it's, yeah. it's in the air. It's I, it, it can go either way with him. Really yeah. could. I don't know. There's no doubt that AJ Brown has a ton of upside and that upside is going to continue once he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. However, I mean, you talked about his 2020 season where he finished 12th. He's going drafted as the number 11th, and everyone's expecting him to eclipse his best season. And he's going into, my opinion, a lesser of a situation. As a pure passer, I would take Ryan Tannehill over, over Jalen Hurts, even, even though Ryan Tannehill is, is not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Jalen Hurts, like you said, hasn't shown that he is capable of, you know, making the great passes in an NFL game and, and sustaining that throughout a season. And maybe A.J. Brown's the reason that this hasn't happened yet. Maybe he needed that true number yeah. one. I just think that if I'm going to take A.J. Brown, I'm going to definitely take him later than where he's getting drafted. I think it's way too early right now. I think the hype has gone, you know, off the roof and with AJ Brown going so high. And a lot of that has to do with the hype around Jalen hurts now. And I I'm, like I said, I'm all aboard 
on the Jalen Hurts train, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. But a lot of that production is from the ground, and I yeah. think Jalen Hurts is a much better fantasy quarterback than a NFL quarterback. And and with that being said, AJ Brown's definitely going to finish with. I, I I think he'll finish between like the fifteen to twenty range. I I just don't mm. believe he is going to get into wide receiver one territory where he is currently drafted being drafted right now. Again, I would also have to agree that if I personally, I don't think he'll have a great season because of who the Philadelphia, who the Philadelphia Eagles have proven to be. But again, that could just be because they haven't had a true wide receiver one. Remember we've seen with that organization with Wentz back in 2017, how great Wentz was because they had dudes who can catch Alshon Jeffrey, you know, Zach Ertz, like, they had, they had a good receiving core. Right. So they haven't had that really since then. So yeah. it, it, we won't know why yeah. they are so run heavy. And I, I, yeah, and I started talking about how a lot of people are comparing this situation to Stephon Diggs going over to Buffalo. I think the biggest difference with that is Josh Allen no. and Jalen Hurts are two different quarterbacks. Josh Allen's arm strength is 10 times better than Jalen Hurts' arm strength. And oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously Stefan Diggs helped Josh Allen, but I don't think AJ Brown can help Jalen Hurts as much just because Jalen Hurts doesn't have as good of an well, ability, some of the abilities as Josh Allen does. Well, hold on a minute. We look at Josh Allen before he got Stefan Diggs. He 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 struggled a little bit in the past game because he didn't have any real receiver to go but, to but he had he the should. arm talent though Jalen Hurts doesn't have the arm talent well yes he does Jalen Hurts can make a throw he can throw deep he can not, make not a throw. as well as Josh Allen then maybe not as deep but he can still make a throw but it's hard making a throw when you don't have anyone really to throw to him and come on I mean look at I'm sorry to say it but look at the Giants I mean Daniel Jones listen Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen I'm not believe I know that trust that's me. what I you're saying that. no I know that trust me but the Giants in the previous years have had one of the worst receiving cores in terms of creating separation. You can't make a throw if you have, don't have somewhere to go to. So Jalen Hurts has never had that. Devonta Smith, he's not a wide receiver one. He's too small. He's, he's not str- too small and not strong enough. So A.J. Brown has proven if he can actually look like a true wide receiver on Ryan Tannehill, who's not a great quarterback. He gets the job done. He's not a great quarterback. Jalen Hurts is so much more promised than Ryan Tannehill. So again, we, we really, this is like one of those things, anything can happen with him because it's out of the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles are truly a team that could are a run heavy organization, or they just do that because they don't have a true weapon. We will not find out till the year, but I don't believe Jalen Ernst has what it takes to be a great quarterback in the league with his arm. And I think you would agree, but again, yeah. we, we will see, I would say safe with AJ Brown. I would take him late third at earliest, early fourth. But if he's drafted anywhere from the early third, off, you know, up, that's that's a no-no for me. Yeah, and and just so we're clarifying, it's not that we don't like AJ Brown. It's it's more so where he's going Jalen off Hurts. the board right now. And 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 uh, I mean, I I like Jalen Hurts, but I from a fantasy perspective, right? Not and that, from a that, passing perspective, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that that yeah, that's exactly well that, and then just because he's gone a little too high, I think. But obviously, we both can end up being wrong, but we both can end up being right. So we'll have to uh, see see what ends up happening. We'll have to see. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty of talking about this now, is that we have no clue what's going to happen. I can't yeah. wait to see it all play out. Yeah. So It's going to be a great season. Yeah, so next week, what I, I think our plan is going to be is we're going to talk some more of our home league, the Dirty Diaz, and I think we're going to dive into the first round of the draft because the draft order is set. We know where everyone's picking from. It's just a matter of who we think those picks are going to be, so maybe we'll do a little mock draft of the first round and kind of dive into that. I mean, I'll have another stat of the day as well. Good. And then, I mean, we'll, we'll start. Obviously, we've, we've talked about all the, the big names, you know, the offseason acquisitions, and now we'll start to talk more about some – fantasy stuff for this upcoming season and like we always say we have a, a lot of great content coming your way you know get ready for your drafts and, and get ready for in, in the season as well 100 percent. i cannot wait to phone next week and jet since there's no more july 4th for the next year i will be in attendance next week uh on time as we uh as expected 
So I apologize for last weekend. No, that's okay. I mean, that's still part. that's still be uh, to be determined whether you will make the recording. But I mean, once once you do, we'll 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 talk about it when the time comes. But one, one thing I, I did, you know, we, we did forget to do, and I know this is your signature line. You forgot to take us home with the the signature motto of the show. I don't know if you want to do that when when we're done here. <sighs> if you, you know remember what, it, Jet? if you no, remember no, it, no, it's not it's not that I don't remember it. That I feel like today. Me and you really didn't disagree on much. So it didn't feel right. Usually in the past, we disagreed on so much. I could tell you, you know, if you can't handle it, he could have the kitchen. But today, Jeff, for the first time, this is this is, this is rare that we actually agreed today on Dude. practically everything, which is boring because you're just stealing my takes. Um, seriously, get some original content, please. Um, but regardless, everyone, thank you for listening. Thing. and jet and this will apply to you for now on besides today if you can handle the heat which i know you can't get your butt out <laughs> the kitchen you and that stupid looking beard i'll oh, probably get to say that again all right guys oh, thank God. you thank you guys